welcome one and all to another drama-filled episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Today, we continue our adventure off-Broadway with two fantastic, dramatic works. For the first show, we conclude our first stint at 59E59 Theater with a new musical from Duncan Sheik, who wrote Spring Awakening, as new show is Whisper House. Overall, this was a decent production, a very interesting and gripping production. And the first thing I really want to point out is that the accents of the performers, they were absolutely amazing. Specifically, I really want to point out the actress playing Lily. What accent were they? So the accent, the show is based in Maine. And so the accent that they were channeling is obviously a Maine accent. And a lot of people, when they base their show up in Maine, it's going to be a hard Boston accent. And that's not the case. Closer up to Maine is a really weird, like a Boston mixed with Canadian um, so it's kind of this lightish Boston. So, but not uh, Mid Atlantic, right? No, 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 no. So you'll hear some of the words come out like they are from Boston, but it's still it's almost like there's a hint of British in there a little bit too. Um, but that's the Canadian in there. So it just you could tell there was a lot of focus into it. Um, there was also an actor portraying a Japanese American. Um, he was a Japanese immigrant, and he did it flawlessly. Um, so that was very, very impressive. The music was very haunting and had some really, like, truly beautiful moments. But there were several moments that just, I don't know, they were lacking a little something in them. Like, you, you know, the song would all of a sudden end, and you're like, mm, it didn't feel complete. Something's missing. I, 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 and, and I couldn't put my finger quite on them, but they just they didn't feel entirely complete. Which, if that's if that's Duncan Sheik's intention, then like, oh my gosh, he totally achieved it, absolutely. But I'm not sure that that was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it is incredibly hard. I, well, it's already hard to sing in harmony. To sing in minor harmonies is really hard and there's these two actors who are basically ghosts and they're the narrators and you kind of pick up that they're this kid christopher's parents his dad died um in war fighting the japanese this is all set during world war ii and his mom couldn't handle the grief and she tried to walk out in the ocean and kill herself she didn't they saved her now she's in an institution but you get the idea that these two ghosts are his parents um but like they're not loving in any way. They're very... Distant? No, they're menacing. They want to stir up trouble. They encourage people to do bad things, if you will. Hmm. There's there's not a lot of positivity in this show, which is why I say it's haunting and it's dark. But, you know, I mean, fairy tales, real fairy tales aren't happy ending. Like, there's a lesson to be learned. So that maybe there's, there's that to be done. Um, but... These two narrators basically sing in minor harmonies the entire time. Which, again, I want to tip my hat to the actors because that is not easy to do. It's really, really, really hard. But that being said, after about 15 minutes of these guys singing in minor harmonies, I was like, okay, we got to change it up. We got to do something different. Because, one, I've grown tired of the gimmick. But, two, this is beginning to sound like the same record. You know, mm-hmm. with with due respect, it just I knew I knew exactly where the songs were gonna go. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, there was no, like, surprise or... There was nothing to keep you interested in watching what happens next. Well, kind of, yeah. Like, Minor Harmonies was, is one of those, like, trick bags you pull out because it's such a difficult thing to do. So to see something that amazing the whole time, it's, it lessens everything else. Okay. Um, the show, all in all for me, honestly, it kind of fell flat. You know, not until the very end did we have an inciting moment that really injected some motivation to really drive the story. There was a lot of, like, misstarts, like, you know, I don't know, just misfires. We we knew that Christopher, the boy, was struggling. He wanted to get back to his mother and everything, but it just kind of felt slow to, to get, get going. Yeah, we knew that they suspected Mr. Yashimoto, Yashimuro. I gotta look at my program. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Of being a spy, that's mm-hmm. kind of the heart of it. But it's it it wasn't high enough drama until the end, when all of a sudden it's like, oh, he lo- you know, there's a love story there, and now we're really getting into like the Germans could be coming and yeah, da, 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 da. and it was like, okay, now here it is, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Um. I do want to back up one second before I give some final thoughts. The co- the set was beautiful. It was really cool. It was rounded so like you looked like you were on in the inside of a lighthouse. They even had the steps kind of coming down oh, on cool. the back, rounded. But the walls looked like one of three things. They looked either like seaweed oh. or like, you know, when you see those videos of like when they've discovered the titanic and you've got all that dark like ghostly whatever covering the titanic it looked like that okay or it just uh looked very ghostly that's awesome and they had two rooms one up above and one down below and they had two separate fly like curtains Mm -hmm. that acted independently but they looked like seaweed they could fly in and out oh that's cool yeah so that was really cool the lighting effects were really great um I, you know, I do want to give that, you know, tip of the hat to that. The costumes were wonderful. Um, they were beautiful for the time. They're exact. They're exactly what you thought they should look like. They were really well defined. Um, the other thing that I noticed um, that was cool, and I thought of you. So the narrators, the ghosts, were not pale. Like it wasn't white. It was silver. Mm-hmm. And this really helped when they were having to be in light with everyone else. Because they were still coming off as pale. So they didn't have to, in that small space, you've been in that theater, it's a small theater, they didn't necessarily have to have all these special lights to help pale them out because mm-hmm. they had the silver makeup on that matched their costume and that. And I was like, that's clever, that's smart. I never, and then they kind of gleamed as well. And I was like, that, okay. So, and the hair was really great throughout the show. And you didn't have like a ton of like super defined 40s hair, but the ghost, so his hair was like slicked back, but it was done so in a way that it didn't move because he's a ghost. And the gal's hair was cut perfectly all the way around. I don't know what this is. is it, it's not a bob, but it's like almost... It reminded me of the 20s, which felt weird, but I... Yeah, I mean, that's a... That, it is a bob. But, um, it, but, but it was... It felt... I could still see the 40s and her hair too. Like, it didn't really move, but it stayed flat. And I was like, that's impressive. So, kudos to that. Overall, this show has an amazing story. An incredible story at the heart of it. The music just... Oh, it's, it, for me, it's not quite there. This felt more like a polished workshop than a fully realized production yet. Okay. But And I don't want to just nag on the show. I really hope that 
they do another production of this. Like they keep working at it and they come back with it because there's, there's, there's a lot there that I'm like, oh no, this could still be something even bigger and better. Like this isn't where this needs to stop because there is really something there. And this story, like afterwards, I was like, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't even think about that during the war. We always think the war was so far out. Mm, mm-hmm. mm, you know, so. Tickets for the show at 59E59 Theater are on sale through February 6, 2022. The second show we saw takes us down to the West Village and to the Audible Theater at Minetta Lane Theater. There we saw a reimagining of Eugene O'Neill's epic drama, Long Day's Journey into Night. Oh! 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 I take it you liked it. Oh! (laughs) Tell us about it. (laughs) So the last time we saw this show on Broadway in its four-hour marathon... We left, and I think I can speak for both of us, we weren't a big fan of it. Yeah, it just, it was, I mean... You, it didn't do it. Yeah, it was an epic drama, and we definitely it, it needed to see it, and, but... And, and and that's fine. We, we've since grown. I have since read the play, and I understand why it's so great. And I don't under... I mean, I when we discussed the show on the Stage Whisper episode, I think I know why it didn't work for me that time. But I will say, this play is fantastic. Fabulous. I understand it. So I wanted to see it again. Um, and I'm really glad that I saw this. And a friend of the show, a friend of ours, um, Eleanor, if she's listening, hey. hey girl. And another f- new friend of the show, Taisha, uh, if you're listening, hi. I believe they hey. both uh, mentioned to me about this show um, that it was a reimagining, that it was shorter and everything like that and I went oh oh, I'm interested now um it was directed by the same person that did um Slave Play oh yeah so um that was really amazing um you can hear me shuffling through I want to get his name right Robert O'Hara so you know that that's a big deal and this was an absolute masterpiece it was a brilliant reimagining of an American classic, okay? First of all, it's about an hour and 40, well, a little under two hours, okay? Wow, no that's... intermission. It's It cuts it close with no intermission. And the audience was an older audience and it definitely... Wait, there was no intermission? There's no intermission. They took a two-act, sorry, a three-act, three four-hour four show. And turned it into... Yeah. And so the audience got a little restless and they didn't pay attention because it says in the program there's no intermission and the ushers were saying there's no intermission. And so it did challenge that a little bit. But here's the thing. If you were restless, you were missing the point because I was just, I was in there. I, I, who cares if he had to pee or something like I was in it to win it. Um, The rewriting and modernization was incredible. The things that they brought, the way they brought it to life in the 21st century was amazing. So for instance, though it's never spoken, you can get the sense, um, hold on a second, warning, 
This part contains spoilers about the show we're about to discuss. Um, <laughs> though it's never spoken, you get the idea that instead of consumption, which is what Ed, Edmund, Edmund, you know, that's his disease, it's actually COVID. He's got no. a, yeah, 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 because he's got the cough and then like they're getting mad at him and he's got to wear a mask because uh-huh. it's set in 2020. Okay. It's set in the summer of 2020. Yeah. So you wow. get the you get the sense that it's COVID that Edmund actually has, and the set is amazing. They it looks like the set of someone that's lived in 2020 because all oh, there's all these boxes from Amazon and FedEx and everything, and you've got these containers of Clorox wipe everywhere, Germex hand sanitizer everywhere, and when the actors enter and exit, they're all wearing masks and everything, and so you you know you. When the sh- before the show, they've got a B-roll of CNN up on the on the wall showing, you know, Biden's going to pick Harris and things like that and the COVID case counter and everything, you know, and I was like, this is incredible, you know. So it really, it established this world we live in now, yet the dialogue and the story is still that of Eugene O'Neill's, you know, back in the 19, 1900s. Um, but I, I, I need to go back to the acting. <laughs> Because it was phenomenal. Oh my god. I I cannot get over this acting. The actress playing Mary gives an absolute masterclass. I mean, her progression into madness and loss of control and like just the intoxication as she's getting high is just beyond brilliant. You know? Mm-hmm. Um it, 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 I, I have no words. Just watching her spiral. It's incredible. It's so incredible. Just, I don't know how she learned how to do that. And it's so, it's so crushing to watch someone on stage. Like, you really think she's shooting up upstairs. Just the way she is. Because she's not playing this, like, I'm doped up. Hi. Hi. Let me play. Like, she is... And and that's the thing is like they, they're not, they hint it's morphine, but at the same time, it's modern, so they it's opioids, mm-hmm. and a lot of opioid addictions lead to heroin. Mm-hmm. So what you actually see her shooting up with is heroin upstairs. They show her cooking it in the spoon and everything upstairs. There is no hidden thing. So I was like, oh my god, this is incredible how they. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just watching that. And your soul just crumbles at the end during her rambling monologue. I'd like to know if, if, if that monologue was written out or if she's just sitting there talking. And, I mean, I, I just, I, my breath was taken out of me when Edmund goes to hug her. And she goes, you know, you mustn't touch me. You know, and everyone just freezes and she just falls to the floor and the lights slowly fade out. And I was just like... It was brilliant. You know, you know, when you just see art that you're like, it's brilliant. That was it. Um, <laughs> costumes were also so fantastic. They weren't meant to be flattering. They are just meant to be real. It was just a true understanding of the work, an incredible presentation of the performance of the show. I was just consumed and invested the entire time. It was so wonderful to see a show that you just... Mm. So I can't wait to do an episode, the episode on this. I really can't. Tickets for the show at the Audible Theater at Manetta Lane Theater are on sale through February 22nd, 
2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. Also, in celebration of Black History Month, be sure to check out our social media every Wednesday and Friday. There will be a there we will be posting information about a different influential black theater artist who has helped to change and shape the theater world as we know it. Please join us in celebrating and shining a light onto the diversity that makes our community so unique and beautiful. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Jesse Spillane and Billy Murray. Yeah.